gon' feel the heat. Yeah, they gon' feel the heat. They gon' feel the heat. Tell your whereabouts ain't they ready? Nah. Yeah, you gon' feel the heat. They ain't ready. Yeah. Let's get it. Biggest discussions, games of the week. All up for debate, you gon' feel the heat. Come listen in, come take a peek. Day and web gon' make you feel the heat. Who got the win? Who saw the feet? Take a seat, you gon' feel the heat. Let them speak, you gon' feel the heat. Mic check one two, you gon' feel the heat. Thank you for joining another episode of Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Jay. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Webb is getting ready to tap in. He's currently getting beat in Madden by Diego. Um, so, you guys, football this weekend was crazy. The best game this season so far was the Ravens versus the 49ers. Really good game. Ohio State dismantled Michigan. Florida put it on Florida State. Minnesota let us all down. We had high hopes for them. And Coach P.J. Fleck. Nonetheless, we got some good content for you. Coach John Rivera, that's right, John Rivera of the Carolina Panthers has just been fired and let go. You guys, you know what? We're going to get right into this. You already know. Get your questions in at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or on our Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW or on Twitter at BYM underscore sports or on the website www.com. Let's get it. Episode of Feel the Heat. Web just tapped in. We can get straight to it. Like I just told you guys, John Rivera just got fired from the Carolina Panthers after a less than promising season. Also, if you missed it over the weekend, Terrell Pryor was hospitalized over um, after allegedly being stabbed by his girlfriend after a domestic dispute. After he made it out of surgery, he was arrested for assault. Don't really know the details of the story. There's so many stories circulating around that, but prayers for him, for his safety, for his health, and just prayers for both of them for being in such a terrible situation um, that day. What's going on, Webb? Nothing much. Obviously, just trying to stay warm. Nothing really much else to talk about. But I think that's crazy that not only did he get stabbed, but he got arrested. Yeah, it's a little bit nuts. <laughs> so you're you're the victim and you're the accuser in the same breath. Yeah. All right, but you guys, you know, as we promised you, one game we did not cover. Um, and I apologize for this, was the Auburn-Alabama in-state matchups. We were doing a lot of in-state matchups um, on Friday. But there was a better game than what we expected. Auburn turned it up. I mean, Bo Nix had a near-perfect game. He didn't have any interceptions. 173 yards passing. Had a rushing touchdown. Defense played well, picking off the Auburn um, offense twice. And the kicker also contributed, contributed to 
um, his fair share of points scored for team, which was, I think, 16 points between field goals and extra points. So, shout out to the Auburn Tigers for taking down Alabama. I'm glad Alabama won't be in the playoffs this year. 45 to 48 was the final score. Did you catch any of that game, Webb? I actually didn't, just because I don't watch Alabama, and I didn't expect Auburn to win, to be honest. Even without uh, Tua? Yeah, I mean... Even without Tua, I didn't think they were going to win. I really didn't. But shout out to Auburn. They pulled it off. All right. So our first matchup that we covered was the Ohio State-Michigan game. A lot worse than what I expected it to be. Michigan had been playing so well. But as always, for the last couple of seasons here, Ohio State is their kryptonite. They cannot get over that hump with Ohio State. Big time blowout. Big time blowout. Um, they couldn't stop the run. Michigan couldn't stop J.K. Dobbins. I think he had over 200 yards rushing, four scores. Yeah. Justin Fields, who's a sophomore, um, he might have just secured his seat as the Heisman Trophy finalist after throwing for 302 yards and four touchdowns. Not to mention the one touchdown he threw after he got hurt, he went to the medical tent. As soon as he came back in, he threw a touchdown pass. This guy is playing phenomenal. I think um, as long as, you know, Justin Fields is there and they continue to build that program at Ohio State, they're going to have some success with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, I don't know what's going on with Michigan. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is out of there. Webb, you said early in the season that you think that if Jim Harbaugh did not have a really good season and if he lost to Ohio State, Michigan should uh, consider letting him go. Do you still feel that way right now? Well, I mean... I look at it one of two ways. If you want to continue to have positive seasons but not get to the play, not get to the college football playoffs, then yeah, keep Harbaugh. I mean, Michigan's still a good team. They're not great, but they're good. But that's about it. So I mean, if you want to get any better than what you are right now, then yeah, I think he needs to go. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. I don't know what is missing at that program, but. I think, you know, I had a conversation with my dad over the weekend, and what we figured is that a lot of guys are figuring out, I could be a four-star, five-star, and I could go to Michigan if I want, I could go to Ohio State, but I could be a four-star, five-star and decide to go, you know, somewhere like Western Michigan, take Corey Davis, for um, example. I can go to Western Michigan and shine, and, and, you know, even if I have like a less than uh, a national championship on my, my resume, being able to dominate in a division one at a smaller school on a smaller scale can give me a good chance to get to the NFL. And I think that's what we're starting to see a lot of kids do. Like, of course, we're going to have the power five, you know, uh, conferences, but a lot of kids are starting to see, Hey, what's best for me and for me to reach my goals. And I think that's what Michigan is struggling with. I mean, they're struggling to compete with some of the mid-majors that are around there. Yeah, they're getting good talent, but a lot of the talent are going to the mid-majors as well. Right. But, oh, I just wanted to throw this in there as well. I predict, remember, I predicted Michigan to lose by at least 30, and I was close with 29. You did. I gave you credit where credit's due. I'm Just for the viewers. Just for the viewers, you know. Well, listening. Yeah, so check this out. Our next game up was... Wisconsin versus Minnesota. Now, I thought it would be a better game than what it was, and Minnesota let me down. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop uh, Jack Cohen. He had almost 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. And 
they looked really, they looked really lost. Jonathan okay. Taylor had a field day as well. Go ahead. I mean, I wouldn't say a field day. For Jonathan Taylor was relatively quiet. He only had 76 rushing yards, but he did have two touchdowns. Right. So that's a that's a field day. I mean, uh, West or Minnesota hasn't been letting up that type of stuff. Um, also, just let's just say the the rushing um, component of the of the game for Wisconsin had a field day. I think they had a total of three rushing touchdowns. And um, yeah, I, I was just really surprised that. Minnesota went out the way that they did. 19-point loss. I thought they were better than that. Tanner Morgan did have a really good game. Almost 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. But that interception did hurt him. Rashad Bateman, again, coming up big, rising up his draft stock. 147 yards receiving a touchdown. And then right behind him, the number two guy, Tyler Johnson, 89 yards receiving and a touchdown. And I think what went wrong is just basically on the defensive side for um, Minnesota. Yeah, I agree, but I thought I really thought Wisconsin was going to win this one. I thought Jonathan Taylor would have a, a better game, but Quentin Cephas, just after Quentin Cephas's uh, touchdown where he went right by the linebacker, the safety went by everybody, um, and the weather started taking a turn for the worst, taking a turn for the worst. I didn't think Jack Cohn was going to do very well after that, but he stayed he stayed consistent. Yeah, he did. 15 for 22. I mean, that's pretty good with two passing touchdowns in the snow. Like, it was snowing. Yeah, he looked really so, good. I'm excited. That win um, has placed the matchup between Wisconsin and Ohio State. Right now, I can't go against Ohio State. I think that um, Jonathan Taylor will have a good game. Um, but Ohio State's the better team. I think Ohio State goes on and wins the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis next weekend or this weekend coming up. And they go on to play in the college football playoffs. That's that's just what I believe. Well, it's hard to disagree with that. All right, guys. Number another in um, in state rivalry. Um, Florida versus Florida State is what we have. So number eleven, Florida has wrapped up its consecutive ten win seasons for the first time in over ten years, which is hard to believe because this is a team that had went to the national championship one two with Urban Meyer there, and um, they they won against Florida State in a dominant manner, 40-17. Florida's offense set the tone early with touchdowns on each of his first three possessions. Kyle Trash had another productive day, moving the ball through the air, completing 30 of 41 passes for 343 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. What a great game for Kyle Trash as a backup. He's already said, yeah, I'm coming back to Florida State. We don't expect Felipe Franks to be ready for the first couple of games. I'm going to make, you know, my name more, you know, bigger than what it is and, and potentially raise my draft stock as well, showing you guys that I can play in the SEC against some of the toughest opponents. It was the kind of day where everyone seemed to have a chance to pitch in. Um, Freddie Swain, um, five catches, 62 yards, two touchdowns. I think Van Jefferson had 48 or 50 yards receiving, something like that, two touchdowns. Kyle Pitts had yeah. 44 yards. It's just um, they, they all impacted the game in a major way, and their defense just imposed their way against Florida State. Yeah, you, you said it. I mean, no passing touchdowns for Florida State. Cam Akers really only had 100, 100 yards rushing. Right. And, like, you can't really say only 100 because it's something, like, you can't slight that. 100 yards is 100 yards no matter what. That's how that's tough right. for anybody right. to do. But I, I get your point, you know. If he only has the 100 and nobody else has a receiving touchdown, you're in trouble. 
I'm, I was impressed with Tamori and Terry, though. Seven receptions, 131 yards. I mean, he didn't have any touchdowns, but still, like you said, 100 yards is 100 yards. I agree. All right, so Webb, who's your player of the week? My player of the week is definitely – dang, I just had it. Here, I'll just give you my NFL one first. My first one is uh, is Deshaun Watson. Uh, 18 for 25, 234 yards with three touchdowns. Um, who's yours? All right, so I picked Jamel Carruthers. He plays for Navy running back. Had 18 carries, 188 yards, five rushing touchdowns. And then I had to pick a second one because this, this rushing group for Navy played so well against Houston, put up 56 points. Malcolm Perry, 18 carries, 146 yards, and one touchdown. Together, this rushing core had seven touchdowns for the team. They um, they were responsible for all the points scored for Navy, and they had over 400 yards rushing. All right. Uh, once I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, once I find my my college one, I'll give you that one in just one moment. Oh, yeah, my uh, my college one was J.K. Dobbins. I was very impressed with him. Four touchdowns, uh, 211 yards rushing, 31 carries. What's not to like? Yeah, I mean, I really, I really think he had a good game. Um, and he was just dominant. He's been dominant all season. So that's what we have with that. We're going to go ahead and move on to the NFL breaking news. You already heard John Rivera is no longer with the Panthers. Dalvin Cook. Ron Rivera. Ron, I'm sorry. I keep saying John. Ron, John, same person. Y'all know who I mean. Um, Dalvin Cook injures his shoulder in a Monday, Monday night football loss, but is expected to play next week uh, against the Lions. He said he was just out for precautions and – you know, they didn't want him to further injure it. Unfortunately for the Minnesota Vikings, they took an L last night. And now Kirk Cousins is 0-8 in Monday Night Football matchups. The Dolphins have extended defensive back Eric Rowe through the 2022 season. I guess it's good for them. I guess they're trying to show that they're still trying to build up. Um, you I mean, know, that's Go ahead. He's a former Patriot, isn't he? He is a former Patriot. So I can see why they would want to extend him. But you know how it is when players leave the Patriots. Oh, yeah. They're not as good as they were. Uh, I'm going to say they're not as good as they were. They're just not as... Usually when somebody leaves the Patriots, they don't, they don't go to a very popular team. Malcolm Butler, for example, they went to Tennessee, and I think he's out with the injury right now. But... I wouldn't say they're not as good as they were. They're just not put on that spotlight anymore. They don't have a reason to be. I feel you. All right. So let's see. What else we got? Question. Should Freddie Kitchens be concerned about his job security with the Cleveland Browns? I think so. I think with the talent that he has on roster, um, the record that the Browns have is unacceptable. And honestly, I didn't think he was qualified from the very beginning to have the job. Um, like I like I said from the beginning, I was a, a strong advocate for Baker Mayfield. I watched his games all the way from college all the way up to now, and I still believe in him. And I think if he has a coach that halfway knows really what he's doing or has some experience that can get an O-line, a better O-line, I really think the Browns 
can shake some things up. But until that happens or something changes, we'll never know. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's got to be out of there. I mean, I know it's his first year, but, you know, the, the much-hyped Browns, they're 5-7. and seven, And they're in a steep climb into the postseason. It's very unlikely for them after this, the lost Sunday. And Freddie Kitchens has shown over and over again that he cannot um, get the plays. I know it depends on the offensive coordinator as well, but, you know, you're not calling the right plays in the red zone. I remember uh, two weeks in a row they were like, what, one for eight in the red zone? And that's just unacceptable, especially when you don't have a kicker that's reliable. So, yeah, Freddie Kitchens, either give this man an O-line or get him a, some different type of help on a, um offensive coordinator side or get rid of him because, you know, right now he's ruining careers for uh, Baker as, as well as, like, Odell. I mean, Odell's still young. It's only his, what, sixth season in the NFL. He's been one of the top wide receivers since he's came in, and now it's like, People are talking about Jarvis Landry is the better receiver. I mean, they're both good. Don't get me wrong. But I, if I had to pick Jarvis over Odell and, and put him on my team, I'm picking Odell. Right. And how many games did Odell go without having uh, 100 receiving yards? Which is, he hasn't done that in his career. Yeah, he he too many times this year. Too many times. All right. Fluke real Seahawks, the win against Minnesota. Um, the NF, the race in the NFC for the playoffs is very tight. With the Seahawks, they're ten and two, I believe. Uh, the Ravens are ten and two, or they're in the AFC, excuse me. The Saints are ten and two, and I believe the 49ers are ten and two. But are the Seahawks a real team, Webb? I think they definitely are. I think they got talent. I mean, with Russell Wilson, you really can't go wrong. But like I said before, I think they're just gonna get close and lose in the very end. That's just, and I'm gonna stick with that. I think they're a really good team, but I think they just need a little bit more. And obviously they did add Jadavian Clowney and uh, Ziggy Anza, but I think they need a little bit more to get to like the Ravens, Patriots, 49ers level, you know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily throw the 49ers in there because they already beat the 49ers, but yet there is a rematch already scheduled before the season is over between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Now, if they go on to beat the 49ers again, um, the 49ers might be the team that's, you know, very, very on the fluke. But I, I think um, the Seahawks definitely are a real team. What about the Bills? The Bills are for real. I like the Bills. They got, they got a good, strong um, defensive line. They got good linebackers. They got a good defense as a whole. I like Josh Allen. He's playing way better this season. And the Bills as a whole, their game plan is really, I like their whole game plan. It's really militant. They don't change it up for anyone. They play their game. You really just have to be better than the Bills to beat them. They like to run the football a lot. But Yeah, I think you're right. You have to be better than the Bills. You have to have more talent than the Bills uh, to beat them because they, like you said, they have a solid defense. And like I said on Friday, Josh Allen might not be the most talented quarterback, but he he just figures out how to win the game. And I think the Bills are in a good position right now in the AFC. And uh, I'm excited to see what else they do for the remainder of the season. What about the Saints? I mean, I know we talked about what's wrong with them, and it's not necessarily talent-wise. It's just, what what do you think? Are they a real team or what? I mean, the record speaks for itself. They've only lost two games. 
But again, with the Seahawks, I think they'll go down in similar fashion. I mean, you see what happened to the Saints the last two years. They missed the uh, they missed the Super Bowl because of a controversial call, and they got knocked out of the playoffs over a game-winning touchdown catch from Stephon Diggs. My thing with the Saints is this. Um, they're just so inconsistent. You know what I mean? Um, they haven't really had dominant wins over good teams. They've struggled to play well, you know, against teams that have a good defense and a, a, a solid offense. They're taking them to the last minute. They're playing in exciting games, don't get me wrong. But they're not winning in dominant fashion like the 49ers, like the Seahawks, like uh, the Ravens or like the Patriots. So I think they have to find something um, to help them going into the postseason in order to win. All right. Um, let me give you my player of the week for the NFL. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. 149 yards rushing, one touchdown, and three receptions for 17 yards. Had a really good game. Man, I tell you what, the change at quarterback for Tennessee was probably the best thing to happen to them for, for the season. Yeah, Tannehill's definitely playing better for the Titans than he did for Miami. Of course, he has more talent around him. He has way more talent. More options. Okay, all right. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into the NBA news. Melo was named player of the week. Anthony previously hasn't had um, hasn't played in a year after getting released by the Houston Rockets. Like, I think it was, what, 12 games into the season? Maybe less than that. Yeah, and the Blazers took a they took a you know a leap of faith on this ten time All Star signing him to a non guaranteed deal, and after getting to a rough start in his first three games, um, he is looking like his former self, like he's looking like the New York Carmelo. He's averaging twenty two points, almost eight rebounds, and almost three assists over the last three games. Definitely playing like he belongs in the league and should have been in the league, and I think a lot of teams are going to be upset that they did sleep on Melo. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, I mean, obviously, Melo's not a volume scorer anymore. I mean, I don't expect him to drop 30 or 40 points anymore, but I'm a little surprised um, with his production. I mean, obviously, getting older, you got to be more efficient, more smarter with your shots versus just trying to be more, score more. Um, But he's definitely performing better than I expected he would, and I wish the team like the Pistons would have gave him a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't I don't think they Melo's going to help the Blazers, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he gives them that push that they need unless they're able to trade Hassan Whiteside for like LaMarcus Aldridge like they have been talking or like Kevin Love and a, a wing. Trade Whiteside, get him off your books, bring in Kevin Love and a, another wing to bring in some scoring and I think you have a chance to compete in the West. But we all know the top, you know, teams in the West are going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. So, I mean, I'm just excited for him because maybe this gives him a deal next season with a team that um, is on a championship rise. Like, let's just say, for instance, next year, the Warriors are going to get their starting core back healthy. And I think Melo will be a good addition to come off the bench there for uh, the Warriors. Yeah, Melo's a good, he's a good, reliable role player, kind of like how Sean Livingston was for Golden State when they were when they were still winning. That's how I, that's what I chalk it up to. Absolutely. All right, so Dan Burke, the Indiana assistant coach, 
says that he hates the or uh, he hates the 76ers, not the Pacers, excuse me. Um, he was quoted and he was asked about the loss before their matchup on Monday against Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies at the FedEx Forum, and he didn't hold back. Basically, what he said was, I hate that team. I really wanted to win that game. I think MB gets away with a bunch of crap the league ignores, and it would have been good just to walk away with one. And I guess my question to this, Web, is do you think that um, Embiid has created this persona about him in the NBA where a lot of coaches and other teams don't like him? Remember the few that he he always has when he plays against Westbrook? Has he become like the villain of the NBA? I think so, because obviously, as you know, Embiid talks a lot of trash. And the other night, he scored zero points. But... The consistency is questionable, but the talent is undeniable. That's what I was telling uh, Diego the other day, your brother. Um, the talent is undeniable, but with the amount of trash talking that he does, with the lack of consistency, I think he has become a villain. I think he's become a target. Everybody wants a piece of Embiid. Yeah, and especially because he claims, like, you know, He's the best player in the league. He's the best center. Let me tell you one thing. I believe that he is the best center in the league, but he's not close to being the best player. The best player in the league is not going to go a whole game with zero points. He's at least going to get him a 10-piece. Something. Um, over the weekend, we had James Harden had his fourth 60th point performance, and he did it in just three quarters. If he never wins a ring... Will he be a Hall of Famer? Yeah. I Personally, I think so just simply because he's he's the greatest volume scorer I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've never, I've never seen anybody score as many points in a regulation basketball game as James Harden. I mean, I don't know what you've seen. Obviously, you're a little older than me, but per, what I've personally witnessed this I've never witnessed anybody score like this. Right, he's been on the scoring touch. I won't take a uh, torch. I won't take that away from him. Um, he's only two games behind Kobe for most sixty-point games, so he's definitely on a path to become a Hall of Famer. He's already won the MVP. I'm not going to say he's not going to be one because there are plenty of MVP great scores, vault, great volume scores that have never won a championship that are MVPs. Um, Allen Iverson, obviously, you know, he fell short of that goal, but he led the 76ers many times um, to good postseason runs. And I think that despite his, despite James Harden's failure as far as getting a ring right now, he, you still can't deny how great of a player he is, how much he's changing his game, how players defend him, how, you know, they have to, you know, help him even on the perimeter help their um, their teammates defend him on the perimeter. So I think that, yeah, he has a very good chance to become a Hall of Fame player, um, even if he doesn't win a ring. Some people think that that ring solidifies it, but you look at a player like Charles Barkley as well. Great player. One of the greatest power fours at, for his side. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". He was like 250-something pounds playing power four and played bigger than what he was. Um, played, you know, just as fast as some point guards. Hall of Famer, no ring. It's possible. It can be done. Well, I don't necessarily like to talk just rings because, you know, I'm a LeBron fan, so I don't want to be a hypocrite. 
but a ring definitely inc- increases your argument for whatever aspect of being a winner you want to talk about. I totally agree with that. All right, let's move off this subject and go to NBA Pick'em as we begin to wrap the show up. We have the Heat versus the Raptors. And the Raptors, man, they are they are torching teams. I think the other day they were up like 77 to 37 against the Jazz. Who do you got in this game? I got I got the Raptors. I don't think they'll have an answer for Siakam. I just really don't. He's balling this season. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raptors. I like the Heat. Don't get me wrong. They're young. They're athletic. They're quick. They can shoot. You know, they got high flyers, but they don't have an answer for Siakam. And he's been on a tear as well. So, yeah, I'm going with the Raptors. All right. um, Another matchup for the Lakers. I was very impressed. I mean, I have not ever not been impressed by Luka, but the win against the Lakers and the way that the Dallas Mavericks did on Sunday – very impressed with him and his performance and how he has pretty much progressed as a player in the NBA. I was very shocked that the Lakers lost in that fashion. But nonetheless, the Lakers have another matchup against another young team. Who you have, the Lakers or the Nuggets? I got the Lakers for sure. I, I still think that pick and roll that LeBron and AD set up is unstoppable. Just like... Um, just like Lamar Jackson running the football, you you kind of don't have a real answer for it. You just kind of try to contain it as best as you can and hope they make mistakes. They make more mistakes than you. I agree with you. All right, so I'm going to take the Lakers. You already know that. I Barely, rarely do I go against my own team. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lakers. The Rockets versus the Raptors. This is a matchup that I'm looking forward to. I believe this is a Thursday night matchup. Um, the Red Hot Rockets versus the Red Hot Raptors. James Harden, Siakam, uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't know if Kyle Lowry's back or Fred Van Fleet, whoever's running over there. Who you got? The Rockets for sure. Uh, Like I said before, James Harden is the best volume scorer I've ever witnessed in, in my 21 years. And I don't think anybody on the Raptors can guard James Harden. And if you don't, if you don't if not James Harden, is going to be Russ. And who knows what Russ will do. He might turn it over 10 times, or he might drop a triple-double. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Rockets as well. James Harden's just playing great. So is Siakam, but I think that um, as far as talent-wise, the Rockets have it. There's nobody that can really guard Russ or James Harden for that, especially James Harden. Um so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and then take the Rockets on that. Well, before we wrap up, you got anything else to say? No, we can go ahead and wrap it up. I just want to hope you all have a good holiday and all that good stuff coming up. Because, you know, people start Christmas at the after Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say happy holidays every episode until after Christmas. All right, guys, you heard it. you just been blazed. I'm your host, Day. Webb was in the building. You know, to get them questions in at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW or on the website at bymsports.com. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the conference championships on Friday. We're also going to have our NBA pick them games of the week for the NFL. Talk a little bit about fantasy football and we'll catch you guys then. Have a good week.